Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host each and every week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, Take Two. Pastor, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. There you go. Now we can hear you. I'm in now, huh? boy. I pushed the right button and everything. (laughs) Hey, Pastor, it's good to see you. I have to tell you about this week's show. On Sunday, um, when, when you were preaching... And it's our missions conference week at Brookside Baptist Church. And you were talking about um, people that are led into the mission field. And the field isn't just on the other side of the ocean. The field sometimes for people is right here in Milwaukee. Absolutely. Right here in this area. And I started thinking about faith in the zone. And we do, I think, a really good job of finding guys all over the country you know, last week we had on a guy from Arizona who pitched for Russ Ortiz, pitched for the new uh, for the um, San Francisco San Giants. Francisco cool. Giants and the uh, the Colorado Rockies, and and he's done some trips with Tom Roy at UPI where he's you know gone the other side of the world to to, to spread the word. And I started thinking after you talked and and understand how well I listen when I'm in. Oh, in yeah. church, I, I, I could tell. I could tell you're very, you're listening. Closely. Very much in tune with what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I and keep my eye on you, Mike. I know you do. And I was one. I'm going to ask you one day. How come you keep looking at me? There's a lot of people at church. Well, I look at everybody, Mike. And but I I notice you though. I you know I don't feel like you look at everybody, but we'll get to that <laughs> during a break. We'll we'll talk more about that. You seem to look my way a lot more than you look on to your right. You seem to you, you seem to look to your left a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably left eye dominate. Maybe dominate. people on the maybe people on the other side think you look at them too much. So anyway, after you got to talking and, and and I started thinking, uh, we do a nice job on on faith in the zone talking to people all over the country, and every once in a while, you know, we'll have Pastor Marlon lock in, or we'll have guys here locally, and we've had a number of them throughout the uh, throughout the two years. Uh, maybe not nearly enough, but and, and we're going to start doing a little bit more of that, I think. But I, I came across Richard Crane, and uh, my son-in-law, John Bonner, had got, gave me a call. He said, hey, are you familiar with him? And I said, I'm not. He said, let me tell you about this young man. Tell me some great things about Richard. We played a little phone tag, but he's in studio with us today. And he's a young man that, that went to Pewaukee High School, was a Pewaukee Pirate, played some football, went to Concordia, played some football over there. And he's doing some great things here in our neck of the woods, here locally, uh, on the mission field. 
And I thought it'd be great to bring him in and just kind of talk about some of the stuff that he's doing. So let me introduce Richard Crane. Richard, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? If you could pull that microphone yeah, up. There you good. go. Um, man, it's good to, good to meet you. Finally, we've talked enough on the phone. Everything's, yeah, no. good. Everything's good for you? Oh, yeah, really good. Hey, let's talk if we can. Did you grow up in Pewaukee? I did, yeah. I, I grew up in Pewaukee and graduated from Pewaukee in 2011, so... Man, so you're a young man. Yeah, I know. I'm only 24. I'm I'm a young geezer here. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 that's good compared to us. Pastor. <laughs> yeah, man, just I'm not trying to call you guys old. Was was John Bonner? Was he one of your football he, coaches? He was. Yeah, he he was one of my football coaches at Pewaukee too. So it's a really small world. Yeah, so, I, t- I t- hey, just so you know, I told Richard if he said John Bonner was one of the best football coaches he ever had, I would stop this and take <laughs> him out of here. So he was, so, he was, he was so a pretty good coach of mine. I have so, to, I have to brag. He was so, he was a real instrumental part. Yeah. Now, so he was coaching defense, wasn't he? D line or something. He was he was he was coaching defense and linebackers. So D line and linebackers. Linebackers. Yeah. And what position did you play? I played linebacker when I was under him in, in terms of, and and he was he was my linebackers coach my sophomore year. Okay. And then as as I moved up to varsity, he moved to the. I'm pretty sure he may correct me, but I'm pretty sure he was D line. Yeah. For my varsity year. And so, uh, I mean, JJ Watts was way ahead of you, but JJ it- Watt was five years ahead of me. Derek Watt was in my grade, and then TJ Watt was a couple grades below me. Oh, okay. So I, I was right right amidst all the Watt Watt man, generation. Man, that's Pewaukee. a good football family. I coached oh, against JJ Watt in basketball. Really? How he was that? He played basketball, too. He did huh? play basketball. He, he was, you know, he was I, kind of big and gangly back I bet, then. I bet he could mm-hmm. set a pick. He could set. He had a little nasty to him on the basketball floor, but I was coaching at Dominican at the time, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Pewaukee gave us, man, they gave us problems. They, they, uh, we, they, we were very competitive, and anytime they came by us or we went by them, it was, uh, it was a really good game. So and, who usually won? Oh, we did. Oh, okay. But they gave us good. Joe Chekowitz, does that sound familiar to you? It does not. No. He Joe Chekowitz back in the day was about a five foot five, five foot six inch guard. When did he graduate? Boy, he would have been around the JJ Watt time, maybe a little bit before that. Six, two thousand five. Yeah, somewhere in there. Maybe, yeah. maybe even before that. Maybe two thousand and two. Yeah. But man, this guy gave us fits. Boy, was he good. He was really, I mean, I, I, once he, his senior year, the last time we played against them, I hugged him and I said, I'm so happy you're done <laughs> because he did everything correctly. He, he defended, he knocked down shots, he gave the ball up, he defended, he just did, he was a marvelous high school basketball player from, from Pewaukee. So, hey, Richard, when, when you were at Pewaukee, um, if I would have asked you your senior year, where you think you're going to be in five or six years? Would you, is this where you thought you'd be? Not, not at all. You know, I was, I was more of the whole, whole football guy and strength and conditioning guy. I thought I would be, you know, I would be actually in grad school right now, working toward, working towards an exercise physiology or, or something like that for a head strength and conditioning coach job. But that took a total twist. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that because yeah. that's part of your testimony. We're going to get to that in the second part of of this show, the second segment. Um, when when you were at Pewaukee, did you get a chance to play uh, football at the next level? Were, were you looking at colleges for that reason, or were you looking at a college that fit with what you wanted to do and with an opportunity to play? I was I was looking at, at kind of a combination of both. I wanted a, a really strong strength and conditioning program and exercise physiology, but I also wanted one that had a football team that I could play for because because I'm a huge Alabama fan and Alabama wasn't calling me. No, they weren't. I wasn't I, w- I wasn't quite that good, but uh, but I was looking to play college football. That was always a dream of mine, and that's where that's why I went to Concordia. So, it's kind of nice to be able to stay 
close, so you're so so friends, family, yeah. uh, people can come watch you play. Yeah. Uh, was Concordia a good place for you? It really was. It was a good place. A lot of opportunities for my, my faith and my growth. Um, that's one thing I focused on. I really didn't take advantage of them in college, as, as as I'll talk about in a second. I wish I did, but the opportunities were there, and that was a focus. And our, and I really had a good staff that really cared. Um, it, it's Coach Greg Etter up there, sure. yep. and he really, really, really cares about his athletes up there, and that's one thing I really respected from him. What, what are you doing now? So you thought when you were in high school about this time in your life, you know where you would be. You'd be in graduate school. What are you doing now? What What's your job right now? I'm working at Lad Lake. It's an at-risk youth center in Dousman. I'm working there, and and that is a phenomenal place. I really love it. I get to mentor kids out there and really help them grow as individuals. I'm at a a building called Shelter Care, which where, where kids come from, on average about a week to two months, and the kids that come there usually have have troubled troubled backgrounds, troubled homes, homes minor misdemeanors and truancy problems or something like that, and they come there just for temporary housing. And then after that 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 about about a week to you know two months and stuff, they'll head back home or they'll go to obviously somewhere else if they. Uh, if they deem the problems necessary. And you're also doing some motivational speaking, correct? I am, yeah. I usually go I usually go around about once or twice a week for motivational speaking because that's that's my passion. That's that's what I believe God's put me here to do. And it's it's really cool. I, I, I get super fired up and you guys will hear that in a second, but sure. I get super fired up about that. Wait, wait how do people get a hold of you if they uh if they want to talk to you about coming out and speaking to their group? You can you can call my number at two six two five zero one 0263 or go to Richard Crane 413 at gmail.com and shoot me an email there. Let me give you that number again. It's 262 501 or Richard Crane 413 yep. at gmail.com. As we uh, talk to Richard throughout the show today, if you feel like he'd be a great fit for your youth group or your team, um, who else are you talking to? T- tell me the types of. Uh... I go to schools at risk youth programs. I'll go to churches. I um my my passion is a couple groups of people. It's people that are in that in that midlife crisis range, and people that are before that that are before they go to college and in high school, because when you're in those ranges, you're really kind of at us at points in your life where you're not in that trap of society because when you're when you're that age age like 15 to 25 you're still deciding what you want to do with your life and it's there that we have so much pressure from society to settle into something just for the sake of conformity or what everybody else wants us to do and i believe god has given us something to do that is that is unique to us there's nobody ever there's never been somebody just like us and if you just settle to what you think society wants you to do god says i got something greater planned for you and we're deciding that when we're ages 15 to 25, and then when the kids move out of the house and everything kind of slows down, we, we, we get out of that whole rat race of living, we start to turn back to those plans that we had and say, you know what, this is either really what I want to do for the next 20 years of my life, or I'm really not that happy. And I know there's that I, from my circumstances, from what life is telling me, there's got to be something more. Because every every person that's that if you want to say it's done something in the world has done it by saying there's got to be something more for my life. God's put me here for a greater purpose, and I want people to truly find that. I call that true integrity, and that's kind of my passion. Those two groups of people, Pastor, so. we're in one of those. You, yeah, you, you, you and I, we're in one of those since our kids have now moved out. Things have well, they haven't really slowed no, down. For, slowed down I'm all. waiting for that. Are you waiting for that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> our house is full of seven people, uh, you know, from Costa Rica this week. That's awesome. Know? So uh, <laughs> it's like 
uh, someone moves on and then someone moves in and they're with us a while. They move. So, yeah, we, we someone says, you guys are empty nesters. I go, well, not really. <laughs> not really. Well, you know what? Terry and I are. We're, we're empty nesters. However, we've got John Bonner and my daughter Katie and three grandsons across the street. That's awesome. And, I, you know, I thought by, by, by the age that I am that I would be able then to start to slow down. But I think I'm busier now than I've ever have been. I honestly, with high school football and the stuff that I do and with coaching that, and, and coaching. coaching coming up, but but I understand Richard where you're at because mm-hmm. there is a time and and I don't know if Pastor has felt this yet with with his boys being gone, but there is a time where you can exhale, and and you know you look at your wife and you say okay now what mm-hmm. you know what what do we you know, we still like holding hands. That's good. We still like each other. That's the key. You know, she's still putting up with me, which is important. But okay, now what? You know what I asked Terry a lot? Are we rich yet? She goes, no, not even close. I go, okay. I put another check in. Are we? No, because maybe one day we'll be able to just take a break. I, I would love to get to a point where she can either go part-time or retire. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's kind of the goal in my head. To when when can I get her to to be able to do that? And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a midlife crisis. I had that yeah. years ago. I, I never want to do that again. Did you go on my Corvette? No, 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 I'm not even telling you what I was doing. Those were, uh, yeah, those were pre Pastor Darrow at Eastside Baptist. Oh, those were pre, yeah. Those those hit me earlier than most, I yeah. think, Richard. And uh, you know, good for you talking to those groups. Do you get as many opportunities as you want to be able to go out and, 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 and be a motivational speaker, or are you looking for more? I'm always looking for more because I believe that as long as God push, puts this message on my heart to, to deliver to the world, then I have an obligation to listen to him. And I've been I've been given the knowledge. I've been given the, if you want to say privilege, go ahead. But I've been given the ability to study and read and have these life experiences for a reason. And that means as long as I'm here, I better be sharing them because God's given me this quote unquote gift of speaking. Therefore, I better use it or I feel like he's going to take it away from me. So I'm terrified of that. So I like it. Yeah, I yeah. told you I'd set this up. Now. Yeah, right. I like it. <laughs> He's Richard Crane. Again, 262-501-0263. As we continue our journey with Richard, if uh, you have a group that you think you would want him to come out and, and speak to, uh, that's his fo- that's his number. Or you can sell- send him an email at Richard Crane. It's with a C, Richard Crane 413 at gmail.com. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll ask Richard to uh, share his testimony with us. And and let's find out now. We'll kind of take a step back, find out how he's become the man that he is. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special in-studio guest for the entire hour. He's Richard Crane. He's a uh, former Pewaukee Pirate football player, played at uh, Concordia in Mequon, and he is now doing a lot of great things in this uh, in this market. If you uh, feel led to have him come speak to your group, 
His phone number is 262-501-0263. And as you listen, he's, we're going to ask him for his testimony in, in this segment. Uh, you, you'll see that he's a young man that uh, can come out and, and really kind of help and motivate some of the kids or some of the people in in, uh, in your group. And he's uh, more than willing to do that. Um, the pastor, when when uh, when Richard came in, you said, "Hey, you need to tell me a little bit about this guy." I said, "Don't worry about it. We'll set that up in the first time." You, you, uh, you uh, hey, you, I trust you, Mike. You That's one thing. About, I trust you. Hey, yeah, and you know what? This one was this one was one you could trust me on because he's uh, man, he's a young guy. He's, yeah. he's got some of this figured out a long time before some of us did. Yeah, and he he's he's a weightlifter. I can tell. Man, he's not gonna mess with me. <laughs> just kidding of course richard you, you are my friend <laughs> hey uh hey richard let's say uh, if we can let's talk a little bit about yeah. your upbringing and and uh this show i know pastor and, and i we ne- it never gets old to hear people's testimony mm-hmm. and, and how they've uh they've accepted jesus christ as their personal savior if you could give us your story that would be great yeah, I can go ahead and do that. I was I was very blessed to have two awesome parents. I my 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 dad's name is also Richard. My mom's name is Mary. My dad is actually a theology professor at a college in Pennsylvania. Um, I don't want to I don't want to give their story too much, but basically he he lives in Wisconsin, both him and my mom, but he works in Pennsylvania, both him and my mom. Where where where, where about then? Um, it, you know where Harrisburg is? Yeah, it's um it's called Messiah College. It's a oh, Brethren in Christ yeah. College out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, I know where it is. My boys uh, were at Lancaster Bible College. Really. We used to live in Wrightsville, which is which is about twenty minutes from Lancaster. Yeah, on Pennsylvania, it was great. If it's not Oklahoma, it's Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania, yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> or Ohio. I got or one Ohio. in Ohio. There, there you yeah. go. It yeah. seems like whoever we bring in, there's some tie. You went to some restaurant, and, yeah. Uh, and that's yeah, yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I'm very familiar with Messiah. Their their soccer teams there are phenomenal. Yeah, division, are phenomenal. I, I believe, Division three champs almost every year. Yeah, they are phenomenal. Yeah. So parents, they live here, but they they work. They in work out there, yeah, and they they do kind of like a creative commute to and from. So obviously, in January when school's out, they'll come back, and then in the summers they come back. Okay. But my dad was my my dad was born in Alabama, and my mom from Wisconsin. They met in the middle at Southern Seminary in Kentucky. Okay. So that's that's kind of yeah. kind of a cool story there, yeah. and uh. Mm-hmm. But um, but my my dad's a theology professor, and my mom also teaches a few theology classes out there as well. And my, you know, growing up, my dad was my dad was a pastor for most of the time, and I believe that's kind of you know where I felt called to ministry, you know, the most, and obviously you know the whole speaking side of things. But um, I didn't want to go down that track initially. I was more the you know I want to be a strength conditioning coach for football. I went to Al- I went to the, the University of Alabama. They have a their high school camps, and the head strength conditioning coach. If you don't know him, his name is, is Scott Cochran. Check him out. He has like this. He's this dynamic personality. This he's always screaming, always super energetic, and that that inspired me. And I wanted to be like him as a, as a head strength conditioning coach because I went there my freshman, sophomore, and junior years. And and that inspired me, but what I found out is the whole science field didn't really fit for me. I enjoyed as much as I enjoyed. I had a phenomenal coach, Coach Clay Iverson at Pewaukee. Sure, you bet. And uh, he was he's an incredible individual. But what I found out is I did not enjoy the the X's and O's of of really the whole fitness side or the athletic side or of like you know football. I enjoyed the byproducts of what you get from that, the character building, the 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 the, the really developing people side of things. That was my passion. Because the person I became from when I was in in high school to who I am now, I was I believe it got created by athletics. But I just started studying um, how to how to better develop as a person. 
Because I believe that's the key. Your your who you become is kind of reliant on your growth. And and if you stop growing, if you say, I get to a certain point and this is who I am, then you can't really expect anything new with your life. And God works through that growth. And so I, I graduated from Pewaukee and I was still going on the exercise physiology track. And then at Concordia, about my, my senior year, and I, I, w- I actually spoke at Faces of Depression, a, a art exhibit at Concordia University of Wisconsin. This was two days ago. And it was an incredible experience. And I really told, because we, we wanted to shed a light on how depression affects everybody and how it doesn't matter if, you're, if you're, you have four years of college football, football under your belt, if you're this, this super big weightlifter, or it doesn't matter who you are, depression affects you. And I, I actually told my story there too. And I started with the fact that I got out of a three-year relationship. And it was, it was uh, actually at the very end of my junior year. And I, that whole summer, I had a, I had a really deep low. I was at the point, to be honest, and stuff. I, I wasn't an incredibly devout Christian at this time. Even though I grew up in the faith, I just wasn't because that's where I was at. Shoot, at Concordia, I could probably count on, on, on one hand the number of times I went to chapel. I'm kind of embarrassed about that, but that's where I was at. And I was super depressed at this time. You know, I instead of instead of really, you know, doing like some people do in terms of the drinking side, in terms of hanging out with friends, I, I more just decided to work a lot. Or, or then I kind of flipped at 182. I I kind of did both. I would either work a lot or I'd just sleep a lot. I mean, I've had days to where I've, I've woken up, you know, I, I woke up and I just didn't, didn't find a reason to put my head up off the pillow. It was kind of that kind of low, that kind of depressed. And I, I really, and it also hits you in that side, but it also hits you in the side that you want to work a lot. You want, I, and honestly, I was working 90 to 100 hours a week. So I, I kind of combined those two. And it was, this is where, for you athletes out there, this is huge. And it was actually January of 20, 2014, or, or it was January of 2015. I saw Ray Lewis on the TV, and I, I told you about yes, this on yep. the phone. Um, he was wearing a Psalm 91 shirt in a post-game interview. It was his last game at Raven Stadium. And, and he referenced it in that interview, and immediately I grabbed my Bible and looked it up. But from that time forward, I started reading my Bible every day. And I did not have an attention span to read. I was not a reader at all. But I did not have the attention span. But all I started doing was just reading like just one chapter every day. And it started with Psalm 91. And then because it was, it, I just started with the New Testament. I asked my dad, you know, and stuff, where should I start? And he said, he said, Matthew. So I just started reading Matthew, just one chapter every day. And that obviously began to grow on me and work on me. But um, I saw that Psalm 91 shirt from Ray Lewis, and then and say what you want about what happened with his, yep. his, his murder indictments and everything like that. Um, but I started watching his motivational videos, and I told you about one, and it's powerful because I think that that when I was in this low in life, I was there's a guy by the name of John Maxwell. He's a pastor and motivational speaker. He said, if you have hope in your future, there is power in your present. And because I, I didn't have a lot of hope for my future at this time, I was depressed in my present. And Ray Lewis kind of helped to invoke some of that power in my present and hope in my future. Because what I did is there there was this lecture by Ray Lewis and he says, we have to savor these moments because I couldn't understand how blessed the moment was. That's why God had to incarcerate me so I could see how great the blessings were that he had for me. Um, That that I had to go from a jail cell to standing on Super Bowl podium. He was like, like, we don't get this opportunity again. And then in one of his videos, he said that some people can't see, some people can't walk, and some 
people can't hear, so you're gifted. So the only thing I know is I can't take a break. Don't ever let a day go by that you waste, because that's a day you'll never get back. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was I was hooked on that because all of a sudden I had a passion and enthusiasm based out of an athletic experience where I was coming from. And that that was awesome. And all of a sudden I started reading my Bible more every day. I started I started surrounding myself. I've always loved solitude, being alone. I was never the guy at Concordia. I would eat with all my you know my football you know, football players, but walking down the halls, I love being alone. I didn't I didn't you know even at my at my uh, my apartment, I love being alone and stuff. I love that. I would study alone. Everything was alone. But so my peer group really became all these speakers and all these pastors that I was listening to. Those are my peer group. And if you contrast the peer group that a lot of kids have from the 22 to 24 year olds, sure. kids that are saying, hey, let's go out and party. Hey, hey, let's lose ourselves on the weekend. Hey, we're living for the weekend. That's who you become. But I started hanging out with people like Ray Lewis. I started hanging out with, with people like John Maxwell, with people like Eric Thomas, another motivational speaker, with great minds in history, with the Aristotles, the Plato's, the Socrates. I started surrounding myself with these people. And who you surround yourself is who you become. And all of a sudden, I was amazed because I'd just be in conversations or I'd be, I'd get home and I'd be super tired. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm having going through my mind, hey, if, if you if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Or, you know, you got to sacrifice sleep a little bit. So all of a sudden, that character and that discipline started to affect me in every facet of my life. And how I did the dishes, I realized because all these speakers will say, you know, hey, if you want to, if you want to quote, I, and obviously it's a very tricky word if you want to use the word successful. But, um, if, but if you want to be successful, you have to do the dishes just as well as you 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 obviously serve in ministry. Right. So so these started to affect my actions. But the most powerful thing that I think I've ever done was was getting involved in ministry. And because as I mentioned, at this time in my life when I was starting out, I did not go to church every Sunday. I did not I was not actively involved in ministry. And as as I started to read my Bible more, I, I remember you know being on the phone with my mom, this was about two years ago, and saying, you know, hey mom, when I get a lot of money, when I get financially stable, when I get everything set, then I'll get involved in ministry or the food pantry. Sure. And the thing is if you wait for a someday that someday's never gonna happen. So, so, so it was through Pastor Max Ramsey and Emmanuel Baptist Church that I got involved with this food pantry at 1615 South 22nd Street in Milwaukee. It's called Dispensa de La Paz. And, oh my gosh, it started to work on me because what we serve on, we serve on, in, on average, about 150 to 200 families, which, which provides food for about 800,000 people every Saturday for about three to five days. And it went from being, this is a huge progression that goes through because at the start, it goes from being something you do to feel good for you. Because as I mentioned at that time, I was depressed. I was low. And to be honest, I noticed that four hours every week, I wasn't depressed. It was when I was at the food pantry. Mm-hmm. And this is the most powerful part of what I talked about at Faces of Depression is the fact, how can you feel depressed when you got a four and a six-year-old kid coming up to you and saying that, that their mom's getting abused by their dad? Can you please help us? Can you please? This is a four and a six-year-old kid. I have a nephew that's four. How can you be depressed when you're under a bridge serving somebody and, and, and he's, he's rocking back and forth in Indian style because he just got out in the street and he's, just, he's going through withdrawals because he got involved in the wrong group for survival purposes? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How can you think about you? You gotta lose yourself. It says in Matthew, if you wanna if you wanna find yourself, you gotta lose yourself for the sake of another. Because what you do for the least of these, you do for me. And um and, and, and you do for Christ. And I realized that. And as I began to lose myself, the depression started to lift. 
And it was amazing. And all of a sudden, it went from being something that I felt like I had to do. It went from being something that I kind of felt, you know, I was doing good for me to, wow, this is just my family. And I'll go there and stuff. It's so funny that I I, I kind of look like John Cena, according to everybody yeah, else. Yeah, you do. You got a little. <laughs> you got a little of that in you. Oh yeah, it's funny. And uh, <laughs> and all the kids at the food pantry they call me John Cena, so it's hilarious. But um, but everybody down there becomes your family. And I mean, honestly, if if I, if you'll see me walk in that pantry, I'll I'll, sh- I'll do the handshakes like you do with everybody at your high school and football team. Um, I communicate with everybody. It's no longer it's no longer me and them. It's it's just us. Yeah, and we. <sighs> Man, that's Richard Crane. I yeah. look two six two five zero one zero two six three. You're looking for a motivational speaker, and you don't write that phone number down. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, Richard, uh, open up, share with me a little bit. Um, you know, because what as I've worked with people, I mean, what who they really need to meet is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit. Uh, it might have been in your early childhood. There, I didn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. When, when you, as we've had folks come on this program, um, whether the athletes, you know, they, they always go back to there was a time that they invited Jesus to be their Savior in their life. Can, can you tell me, a t- you know, when, when that took place there in your life? I know I went to a, it was a retreat at, at Wisconsin Dells when I was, I believe I was in about eighth grade at this time. And it was at, at Chula Vista Resort. It was, and I, I cannot think of the name of the event, but I remember that event was kind of the key spur for me into into really involving ministry and and accepting Jesus Christ in my life. And growing up in a in a background of you know you know parents that have been in the church, um, I cannot honestly say it. I, I did accept him as, as my Lord and Savior back then, but it took me un- until really going to this food pantry on a regular basis, getting actively involved in ministry for that change to really o- officially, officially happen to where I said, because I do believe, you know, you know, there's that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Um, to decide, if you break it down, the, the whole Latin root part of the word means literally to cut off from. That means you cut off from any other option, and when it was it was about about in April of it was about in April of 2015 that I made the commitment that I was going to go every Saturday, and that that really where I feel like that that was that decisive factor of this is who I want to be. That so that's when you took the the step to say <sighs> hey, uh, you know. I have a relationship with the Lord, but I haven't been in gear. I haven't connected mm-hmm. with what He would want me to do, and I've had my eyes on myself. Yeah. I mean, that's usually depressed. You, you've kind of hit it. Depressed people are focused on them. Um, what, 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 what's wrong in their life, or what they didn't get, or, or so forth. Yeah. And then I like what you said too about you know washing dishes. I mean, First Corinthians ten thirty one says, "Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, yep. do all to the glory of God." Yep. And so, really, someone would ask me, "Well, what's your philosophy in life?" I said that God gets the glory for everything. Yeah. I mean, when I think, I think it was Amy Carmichael who reached out to uh, many Hindu girls that were in the Hindu tabernacles, temples. She she said this. She said, "In light of Calvary, what Jesus did for me, how can I say anything I do for Him as a sacrifice?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that is uh, is a huge part of why I do what I, I do. That. It's for Him and His glory. I can't say thank you enough. Yeah, I agree. Guys, we've got to get you a break. Again, our special guest, you get a chance to listen to this whole segment. You're getting a feel for what he, who he is and what he's all about. He's Richard Crane, former Pewaukee Pirate, played football out there and also played at Concordia. 
but he's a lot more than than a former football coach or football player. Excuse me. I'll tell you that. If you want to send him an email, it's Richard Crane with a C Crane. 413 at gmail.com, or you give him a call. He is a motivational speaker and would love more opportunities to do that. His phone number is 262-501-0263. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest, young guy, got a lot, a lot of good things going on. Richard Crane, again, he is a uh, former Pewaukee Pirate. Watched him play high school football, played a little football at Concordia, but he's doing some great uh, work in this area, which is uh, exactly what we talked about at Brookside Baptist Church on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, Pastor. So thank you for that message, Richard. During the break, we talked a little bit about um, platforms. And we talked about different areas that we can spread the gospel, and you jumped out of your seat. You said, man, there's there's a lot of places to be able to spread the gospel. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I I believe that, that your faith is not just something you do. We get caught up in that so much because we we, on, we only read our Bibles once a day, or, or we, we go to the ministry once a week. As I mentioned, I'm real involved in Milwaukee Homeless Ministry, and it can't be something that you do one day a week. It has to become who you you are. I, I was talking with Pastor and I, I mentioned mentioned a lady by the name of Dr. Joyce Brothers, a psychologist. And she said, You cannot perform in a manner inconsistent with how you see yourself. And if you if you surround yourselves with the teachings of Christ, so much so to where it infiltrates all your thinking, that's who you become and you begin to embody that that vision of who you are. I always tell people, and I'll be real quick on this, but so so just imagine you were in a coma, God forbid, and you woke up and had no recollection of who you were. But somebody told you that in your former life you were a Navy SEAL and they want you back. Don't you think you'd hold yourself different, act different than if somebody told you you were a piano instructor? It's no knock on piano instructors, but just how you see yourself is who you begin to is who you begin to become. And I encourage you to pray every single day, God, just make my life a living sacrifice to earn every single thing that you do. I, I tell people I go to the gym and, and check this mindset. So many people go to the the gym to work out for them to get my body better, to look better for me, to pick up the girls. I hear guys say, I just want to look like you, man. And the thing is, you don't get better. I'm sorry. If you're going for those reasons, get out of the gym right now because you have to go expecting to change somebody's life by your effort, by how you live, because you are a model of Christ and how you're doing everything. And if you're going for you, if you're pushing through those sets for you, you're not going to have enough fire. But I go to the gym and, and I, I'm, I'm an evangelist. I go to the gym looking to, to change people's lives so much so to where by how I live they come up to me and say man I gotta catch some of that because I my, one of my pastors uh, his name
name, but it's Pastor Andre Pirtle. Um, he had a sermon, and check this out. When I was in eighth grade, he said, "If you're if you are if you are on trial for your faith, would you be convicted by how you live your life?" And back then I could honestly say no, but now in what I try to do, even if I go to the gym, whether I'm driving on the road, whether I'm, I'm doing dishes, whether I'm, I'm tr- how I'm treating the least of these, how I talk to a custodian or how I talk to a Fortune 500 company CEO, it doesn't matter. Um, how you carry yourself, it, it, it truly represents Christ and you got to live in such a way, so inspired, so motivated, with so much compassion, so much love to where people say, I got to have some of that and to where they come up to you and, and that's how you reach people because you make your life a living sacrifice. You 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 stay up, have the late nights, you do everything so much so to where you represent Christ in everything you do. You know, you're, you're right on Richard. Jesus said this, he said, you need to be the light, you need to be salt. Mm-hmm. You need to make people thirsty to want to know me, yep. and you need to be like a city set up on a hill yep. that men can see. You know, I always love going down Interstate 25, going into Colorado Springs, and you look up there at the light at top of Pikes Peak, and I always mm-hmm. think that's exactly it's so visible. That's exactly how Boom. a Christian should look. And then he goes on, and he says, so that men will see your good works and glorify my Father which is yep. in heaven that people will be drawn to Christ by your life. You're right on target with that. Oh, it cannot be about you. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about you. And you have to get out of the way. You have to, every, every time I, every time before I get up and speak, I just pray, I pray, God, don't make this about me. Let let me get out of the way because I, I'm, I'm like, so I want to have, I want to be a billboard for you, God, because guess what? I want, I want, I want, I'm basically, I'm the pole holding the billboard up because you're the message. And if I'm bigger than the billboard holding it up, then we have a problem. And I want to represent Represent you by how I live, but you have to embody it in your life. So say, so, uh, so, so somebody that's a Christian um, does not go around and, and on just Sundays. Um, that, that's not just when he's when he's representing Christ. It's in how he conducts himself in everything. So that's the question you need to ask yourself: How would the Christian I want to be, and how would he live his life today and tomorrow? And you live that for the rest of your life because that's got to dominate your thinking. He is Richard Crane. Again, uh, he is a motivational speaker. He works in in a number of uh, different homeless shelters here in this area. If you feel like he would be a good guy to come speak to your group, uh, his phone number is 262-501-0263. We had Don Beebe, a former uh, Mm -hmm. receiver for the Packers and the Bills, on, and he was telling his story. He was uh, with the uh, Buffalo Bills and Frank Reich, who was the quarterback for the Bills, um, was going out to speak to a youth group. And um, he said, Don, they've asked if you'll come with me. Don was like, no, I'm not. I, I, don't, do, uh, I don't do public speaking. Mm-hmm. Frank was like, really? He said, no, I, I get real nervous, and, and uh, I, I, I don't do that. And Frank said, well, there's your problem. Yeah. You think this is about you. you. Yep. This isn't about you. This is, has nothing to do with you. They, you're going to be the messenger here. And yep. he said, you know, I've never not taken up somebody now. Um, if they need me to come and, and, and speak to their group, mm-hmm. I'll be there. Because once I realized that me getting up in front of this group has very little to do with me. Yep. It's a platform that, that Lord's given me as a NFL football player yep. or now a former NFL football player that that platform can bring people in. But when I get up to speak, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. So you're right on, right smack on the mark with that one. 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 so much in that direction because so many people they they think and I'm I'm probably I'm going to end with this because this segment with this real quick here, but the most powerful sermon that I've ever heard has actually come from Martin Luther King. He has a sermon called the Three Dimensions of Life, and he talks about the height of life, so so your relationship with God, the length of life, so basically the the personal growth aspect of your faith and who you are as an individual, and 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 the spiritual growth. But then he also talks about the breath of life, your service towards others, and this is what hit me. He talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he, and he asked why, why why the priest and the Levite didn't help the man on the side of the road. And he gives all these great reasons about, you know, they, they had to go to, to you know, like a town meeting and stuff. They, were, they, were, they had to get purified. They couldn't heal on this certain day. But he, he ended up talking about how the road's dangerous and winding road. And he believes, I, I believe these brothers were afraid. And he said, the question that, that the priest asked and the Levite asked was, if I help this man, what will happen to me? And but he says the good Samaritan, he reversed the question. This isn't the powerful rhetoric of Martin Luther King, but he reversed the question. Not if I help this man, what will happen to me? But what will happen to this man if I do not stop to help them? To, do not stop to help him. And that's the question that we have to ask in all our endeavors. If I do not have this late night of studying and push through on this test, if I do not live my life according to how Christ calls me to live my life, if I do not get up to speak, even though I'm, I'm terrified of public speaking, if I do not not take this test or apply this job, what will happen to the people that will be affected? That's the question we ask. Not what will happen to me, but what will happen to the people that, that, that Christ has called me to serve? What will happen to them if I do not do this? And if you take anything, that is so powerful because then it's not about you and it doesn't matter. It's not about your life because you're just a living sacrifice. You're a city on a hill. You're the salt of the earth for Christ. And that's what it's about. So that's kind of the... Wait, how, how old are you? I'm 24. 24. Yeah. The pastor, if I told you boys what I was like at 24, your parents must be proud. I, I'm blessed to have great parents. I'm and they, they must I'm be blessed. proud of you right now. I, I hope they are. Yeah, do you know what? They and, they, and they're going to be able to listen to this. And I don't know if they've had the opportunity to to, to hear this part of you, mm-hmm. like they're going to hear it on, on, on this broadcast. If they haven't, they're going to be they're going to come to tears. I, I, I can Thank tell you. you that right now. Yeah, uh, Richard, you're, you're you're passionate. You're passionate um, with that message, and I, I love what you said about you know because so many people will say, well, I, I don't need to go to church. You know, I don't need it. Well, number one, it's commanded. You need to be there. Mm-hmm. But number two, it goes back to what you were saying. It's all about us. I don't need. But there there's people that need you yeah. to be at church to invest in their life. Yep. Hey, Richard, we'll, we'll pick up there. We've got to get to a break, but we'll pick up there. We'll have a short segment in uh, in segment number four, but that's where we'll pick up. He, again, he is Richard Crane. Uh, phone number, if you want to get a hold of him, you want him to come out and, and speak to your group, 262-501-0263, or you can send him an email, Richard Crane, that's with a C, 413, Crane 413 at gmail.com. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Young Express. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Pastor Ken Keltner is funny. 
He is a funny guy. You 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 want to call me up as a sub? I got man. Those you'll dismiss the Brookside Baptist Church. I'll be like, guys, thanks for coming. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, put your edge around us. Have a good weekend. I wouldn't do that, Pastor. Our special guest. We got a short segment. Richard Crane, Pastor. Well, you know, Richard, you're talking about uh, people that that you know really need us to, mm-hmm. to invest in their life. And I remember one story where. When I was when I was your age, unfortunately, I got to admit this. When I was your age, um, you know, I I would go to church, but I wouldn't really get involved mm-hmm. with, in some of the extra things, especially at the college or the singles or whatever. Yeah. And I remember uh, someone came up to me and they said, "How come you're not coming to the the Bible study, the seniors?" And I looked at him. I go, "Because I don't need it. I, I don't need. I don't need to be around you guys. I don't need it. You know, I can be by myself, and I'm doing great." And I remember she looked at me and she pointed her index finger right at me. And she goes, "Well, maybe sometimes you need to think about others that they might need you." Boom, and uh, Boom. that was that was my wife, and uh, I, I was that would have been my first guess. <laughs> that, would, that would have been my first guess. Would Michael, Kathy, Kelner. Kenneth. Second guess would have been my wife, but you didn't know her then. But and you know I, what? I it hit me Kathy. right. It hit me right in the face, and I thought, man, she's right on target. It is. She is. You know, you you make it about you, and and your life is minimized and the enemy wants to minimize this as much as he can yeah he does you know and just imagine i i heard this this actually from ray lewis in a a sermon he gave um on i want to say it was on on bishop td jake's sermons but uh he talked about about the fact a 30-day challenge where you forget about you totally forget about you everything you do you do for somebody else Imagine the passion. Imagine the power you'd have because not only you're affected, but somebody else's life is affected. And it's amazing that when you forget about you, it, you're you get you experience a joy and a happiness in your like life like you've never known. But I remember I remember one another powerful sermon that I heard was actually from a pastor at uh, at New Vision Church. I believe this is a Brethren in Christ Church off of Highway SS in uh, ninety four, and um, he talked about about the the second chapter of Philippians where we're called to imitate Christ's humility, who did not consider equality with God. Um, he he was super high up here, equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And that so flips the script on what society tells us to do, tells us to build ourselves up. But guys, when, when, when you build yourself up, as it says, if you try to find yourself, you lose yourself. But if you humble yourself in Christ's humility by your actions and what you're doing, taking the time to put the, the, to, to put the effort in for the long hours of studying, cleaning the floors, you know, cleaning out the toilets, and doing this stuff that nobody wants to do, that's where the glory is in the kingdom of God because that's what we're called to do. Hey, it's That's a shame. It's, uh, you know, if we could get Richard to come out of his shell just a little <laughs> bit and, and just tell us what he really feels as a 24-year-old man. he uh, He's got a lot of confidence and knowledge, and, and certainly the Lord has blessed him with, with this passion, Pastor. Yeah. Well, Jesus said this, you know, I'll make you a fisher of men. That's what he said to his disciples. And there's nothing greater than seeing people one day in heaven that after they see the Lord are going to come up and go, Richard, thank you for your passion to lead me to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because it's Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man can come to the Father but by me.
Man, and you, that's the answer. Oh, you just have to say, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humble servant. I've only done my duties. I've done what Christ has called me to do, and that's all I can do. And it's not about me because, once again, I'm just a humble servant doing my duties, what Christ has called me to do. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. really good to see you. Uh, Pastor, your yeah. a pleasure. You too, Mike. Again, uh, Richard Crane, phone number. If you want to get him, uh, give him a call. If you want him to come and speak to your group, 262 501 0263, or send him an email, richardcrane413 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? For certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.